Well, it is very good to see you in the house of the Lord today. I'm going to ask that you open your Bibles to 1 Samuel, the 10th chapter. 1 Samuel, the 10th chapter. That was not the message this morning. A little bit sidetracked there, but we're going to get our minds focused on the Word of God this morning and where the Lord wants to take us today. And I have a subject that I want to speak to you about that I believe is of great importance for the future of Crestwood Baptist Church. This morning, I want to speak to you about what I refer to as godly leadership. Sometimes we call it biblical leadership, or we can refer to it as spiritual leadership. But when it comes to biblical leadership, godly leadership, there are two things that I am very much convinced of when it comes to godly leadership. The first thing I am convinced of is this. The church rises and falls on leadership. The church cannot go to a place where leadership cannot take it. If the church is going to be all that God intended the church to be, it hinges on leadership. The second thing I'm convinced of this morning is this. Your opinion and my opinion about leadership doesn't really matter. Now, I know that's controversial, isn't it? But I'm telling you, it doesn't matter. The only opinion that matters concerning leadership is God. And what God says about leadership. Now, don't misunderstand me this morning. There is a wealth of information out there about godly leadership, and we can take some things away from that today. But at the end of the day, God is the one who leads his church, and because he is the leader of the church, only he has the right to determine what is the standard of leadership for his church. That is not our right. We don't have the privilege to come and tell God, this is what we think leadership ought to be in the church. That is not our right. Our right is simply to discover what God's Word says about biblical leadership in God's church. You see, I am convinced we are not to simply be a hearer of God's Word. We are to be a doer of God's Word. It's good when we can come together and we can join around God's Word and allow God's Word to speak into our hearts and our lives, but we will only grow in our relationship with the Lord when we take God's Word and apply it to our lives. And this is one of those areas we must apply God's Word to our life if God is going to use and guide His church in the manner in which He desires to guide and to lead the church. So it is not our right to determine leadership. It is only our right to discern what God's Word says about leadership and put it into practice in God's church. So over the next couple of weeks, what I really want us to do as God's people, I want us to go to God's Word, and I want us to look into God's Word and see what God wants to teach us about biblical leadership. Now, the reason I'm doing this is very important, because as the deacons and I have met over the last several months, we are sensing that God is leading us to look for other men to come and to serve in roles of leadership of deacons in Crestwood Baptist Church. 
So what I want you to do for me as a congregation first, I want to challenge you to be in prayer over the next second, uh, couple of months. I'm convinced we don't need to be in a hurry. I think we need to be very, we need to take our time. We need to be patient. We need to clearly hear from the Lord about those men that he would have serve in the role of deacon in his church. So I want to encourage you, please be in prayer. Ask God to clearly reveal to you men that he would have to serve in that role. The second thing I want us to do, I want us to go to God's Word for those couple of weeks and allow God's Word to just lead us and guide us into a deeper understanding of leadership. Because I fear that what we have allowed to happen in our churches is we have allowed the world's understanding of leadership to come into the doors of the church house, and it doesn't really match up with God's Word. That's the problem. Do you see what I'm saying? I've had the privilege of pastoring a number of different churches, and I've been in Southern Baptist churches a good portion of my life, but I have come to realize oftentimes what governs and guides us when it comes to choosing uh, leadership within the church is what I refer to as the good old boy theology. We find someone that we like, we find someone that we are close to, and then we allow our emotions to guide the decisions that we make rather than allowing the Word of God to guide the decisions that we make. And I will promise you this, when we choose to go our own way outside of God's will and not allow God's Word to lead and guide and direct us, we are in a dangerous place in God's church. A very dangerous place. We must always allow God's Word to guide us when it comes to matters of God's church and matters of living our life unto the Lord. So what I want us to do is this week to look at leadership in general and ask ourselves the question, what is biblical leadership? What is godly leadership as God defines it in His Word? As I was thinking about that question in my office this week, I began to think of a number of different examples that we could go to in the Word of God that are great godly men, men who exemplified what it was to be a biblical leader, a godly leader. But I settled my mind on one man who is found in the Old Testament. I mean, after all, I believe that he embodied what it meant to be a godly leader. I mean, he was a man after God's own heart. Now, you know who I'm talking about, don't you? You know that I'm referring to King David. And King David's story is found for us in 1 Samuel. But if I could take leadership this morning and I could boil it down, biblical leadership, godly leadership, and I could boil it down into one phrase, this is what I would say. Godly leaders are men after God's own heart. That is what a leader is. When we think of biblical leadership, it is men after God's own heart. Now, I want to pause right here because sometimes we look at this and it would be easy for us to leave here this morning and say, well, Brother Jeff, this message doesn't really apply to me today. I don't feel like God has called me to be a leader in God's church. And I realize that God doesn't call everyone to be a leader in His church. But He does call every one of us as Christians to lead. Amen? Isn't that true? Men, you have been called to lead your family spiritually. And the principles, the truths, the commands we see in Scripture concerning biblical leadership can be applied to our homes as well. 
as godly leaders. Some of you are in the workforce. Some of you lead at your workplaces. You can take what you find in God's Word, apply it to your leadership model in your workplace, and God will bless that and honor that in your lives. We have been called to many different roles of leadership beyond just church leadership. But what I want us to focus on today is church leadership and what we see in the life of David. And in order for us to really focus on the life of David, we need to, we need to consider another man, another man's life who was very closely connected to David. We need to start with Saul. Many of you are familiar with Saul. Well, in the Old Testament, what takes place is the children of Israel decide they want a king. They want to be like the nations around them, that God is no longer sufficient to provide the leadership that they need for a nation. So you know what the children of Israel do? They select for themselves a king, a man named Saul. Now, I will tell you something. If outward appearance alone was the role model for biblical leadership, I will tell you today they chose the right man. Scripture records for us that Saul was a handsome man. He was something to behold. He stood head and shoulders above the rest. As a matter of fact, if you would have put Saul on this stage over here, and you would have put David on this stage over here, there is no doubt more people by just looking at him would have been drawn to King Saul rather than King David. I mean, he, this guy was head and shoulders above all of the rest. Handsome, good-looking. From an outward appearance, it seemed as though he had everything. Saul's story is recorded for us in 1 Samuel the 10th chapter through the 15th chapter. But I want you to hear just three verses that I believe best sum up the life of Saul and his leadership. If you have your Bibles there, Look with me at chapter 10 of the book of 1 Samuel. And I want you to hear verses 20 through 22. I want you to listen to what Samuel wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit concerning the inauguration of King Saul. Then Samuel, verse 20, Then Samuel brought all the tribes of Israel near, and the tribe of Benjamin was taken by Lot. He brought the tribe of Benjamin near by its clans, and the clan of, of the Matrites was taken by Lot. And Saul, the son of Kish, was taken by Lot. But when they sought him, they could not find him. Now think about that statement for a moment. Can you imagine on the day of your inauguration... You're getting ready to be inaugurated as king over the children of Israel. This is God's chosen people. And on that day, he is not even present. They can't find him anywhere. Can you imagine that for a moment? I mean, we could say, well, maybe, maybe he didn't receive an invitation. Maybe that's what it was. Or maybe something else was going on in Saul's life. But at the end of the day... He was hiding. You could not find him. Can you imagine that for a moment? Can you imagine being the president of the United States of America and on the day of your inauguration not being seen? Nobody could find you. Wouldn't we all say to ourselves, what kind of leader is that? Can, can he really effectively lead us if he doesn't know the day that he is to be inaugurated to his office? But I want you to listen to where they find this man. Listen to what he says in verse 22. So they inquired again of the Lord, Is there a man still to come? 
And the Lord said, Behold, he has hidden himself among the baggage. I read this story, I have to laugh. Don't you? I mean, think about this for a moment. Here's the next king of Israel getting ready to be inaugurated in front of the entire nation of Israel. And where is he at? He's cowering among the baggage. Do you know what's amazing about that? That one verse, that one line pretty much sums up Saul's leadership. Saul failed to lead with courageous faith. He was ultimately a spiritual coward, is what he was. Can you imagine that? As a result, if you go over to chapter 15 of this passage of Scripture, God rejects the leadership of Saul. He says, I am finished with Saul. And this is what is amazing. He goes out, God does, and he begins to search for another man. And do you know what he does? He finds a man who is after his own heart. He finds David. I want you to listen to the beginning of David's story. If you have your Bibles, just flip over to 1 Samuel, the 16th chapter. I know I'm having you flip around a lot this morning, but just bear with me for a moment. I want us to get a good context of what is happening in this story because it's so important for us to understand what good biblical leadership is. Listen to what he says in verse 1, chapter 16. Then the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul? since I have rejected him from being king over Israel. Can you imagine this for a moment? The man that's hiding in the baggage, the prophet of God is grieving over him because God has rejected his leadership. Isn't that what's happened in this story? Yes, listen to what it says here now. Fill your horn with oil and go and I will send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite. For I have provided for myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you, and I say, I have, and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. And invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do, and you shall anoint for me him who I, whom I declare to you. Solomon, I mean, Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him, trembling, and said to him, Do you come peaceably? Verse 5. And he said, Peaceably I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they came, he looked upon Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is before me. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not miss these words, because this is the key to biblical leadership. Listen to what he says. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Isn't that a powerful statement? 
What's amazing to me is Samuel in this story. Think about it. They chose this king over here that was huge in statue, head and shoulders above the rest, very handsome. So when Eliab, the first son of Jesse, appears before Samuel, what does Samuel do? Samuel looks at the outward appearance of this man and says, Oh my goodness, surely this is the one that the Lord has chosen. Right there in this story, I know that Samuel is a Baptist. Because he's got, he's got to be hard-headed. I mean, you would have thought that he learned from his first mistake, right? That it's not the outward appearance of a man that makes the man. But isn't that what our society says? Isn't that what our world says? Put on the right clothes, get your hair cut the right way, get whatever else, get the right clothes on you, and you will be the right kind of man. No, is what God's Word says. God rejects that. God says it's not what's on the outside of a man that makes a man, it's what's in his heart that makes a man. Do you see that in this text here? When they looked for a leader, the first thing that the people of Israel looked at was the outward. And if we're not careful, we will do the exact same thing that they did. We'll make the same mistake that they made. We'll get caught up in looking at the outward rather than the inward, and we'll head down a wrong road when it comes to looking for godly leadership in God's church. Isn't that true? Yes. I wonder sometimes if that is part of the reason of the condition of the American church. Is that possible? That when we've looked for leaders in God's church, we've used the wrong criteria? We look at a man who's successful in business, and the first thing that comes to our mind, oh, wow, if he's successful in running his business, well, then he must be good at running God's church as well. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying a person that's successful in business can't be a godly leader. Please don't hear me say that. And I'm not saying that godly leaders have to be perfect. Goodness gracious, look at the life of David. And I am grateful that we don't have to be perfect because I'll tell you, on more than one occasion in my life, I blow it as a leader. But what we do see here in the life of David are qualities that are exemplified, embodied in this man's life. That when God looked at him, he saw qualities that made this man a godly leader. He saw potential here in David's life is what he saw when he looked into David's life. Can you imagine God showing up at your house unannounced? Isn't that what God did in Jesse's house? Now, the thing is, is Jesse and the sons didn't know that God was, was there, did they? They didn't know that God was looking at the sons of Jesse and looking for a potential leader. And what's amazing is the one that God chooses. The least likely of all of them are the one that God chooses to be the leader of the nation. He takes David from the sheep pasture to the king's palace. I mean, goodness gracious. How amazing is that? When you think about it, when I look at the life of David, I think there are three qualities that God saw in the life of David that made him a great 
spiritual leader. Let me share three of those qualities that I see in God's Word this morning. That when God looks for leadership, He is looking for these qualities in the hearts and the life of a man to lead in His church. When God looked at David, God saw in David spirituality. He saw in David spirituality. When God looks for leadership in His church, He is looking for men whose hearts are completely His. This is confirmed for us in 2 Chronicles, the 16th chapter and the 9th verse. Listen to what God said there. For the eyes of Yahweh, the Lord, roam throughout the earth to show Himself strong for those whose hearts are completely His. God looks for men whose lives are completely devoted for Him when He begins to look for leadership in His church. When you are deeply spiritual, you have a heart that is sensitive to the things of God. What God says is important is what you say is important. If God says go to the right, you go to the right. If God says go to the left, you go to the left. If God says go straight down the middle, as a leader in God's church, you go straight down the middle. You follow God's leadership for your life. That is what it means to be a spiritual leader in God's church church there are no lock closets in your church i mean in your life when god puts his finger on something in your life you deal with it at that moment if you are a true spiritual leader you don't brush it to the side you don't ignore it you deal with it you long to please him you are concerned about the motivation behind the action we talked about that this morning in sunday school didn't we now, they didn't know I was preaching this sermon. The, the Sunday school teacher was Mike Morton. He didn't know that I was going to be speaking about this this morning. But I was thinking about that, Mike, when you were teaching your lesson this morning. God is concerned about the motivation behind our actions, why we do what we do. How we do it is important to the Lord. Now, I'm not saying that alone is significant enough. What we do is important to the Lord, but how we do it, both of those together, is significant. One of the people in the Sunday school class, I'm not going to call people's names, they'll be embarrassed. They won't let me in their Sunday school class. They'll lock the door on me. One person said, well, I want both of them. You know, I want the how and the what. And that's really where I was at because what we do is important, but just as important as what we do is how we do it, isn't it? Yes. It is so significant. And I would say that is so true in the life of a spiritual leader. That is bottom line Christianity, and that is the first quality of biblical leadership. And that is what God saw in the life of David. He saw a man whose heart was completely his. He saw a man who was spiritual. And that's so significant. That's so significant. Number two, when God looked into the life of David, God saw in David a servant. A servant. The world says leaders are the ones who are in charge, but I would tell you this morning in God's church, the leaders are the chief servants. True leaders look for opportunities to serve. They don't have to be coerced, they don't have to be begged. They serve because they have a heart like the Lord. This was clearly seen in the life of David. Listen to what the psalmist said about David. In Psalm 78, 70, the psalmist wrote, God chose David his servant and took him from the sheepfolds. Again, in Psalm 89, 20, God says, I have found David my servant. 
When God went searching for a king, He went looking for a man who had a servant's heart, and He found David is who He found. A man after His own heart. I mean, think about it for a moment. Isn't that what our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ said? I did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. I mean, you do know that Jesus Christ was God in the human flesh, right? We know that, huh? So if it was significant enough for Jesus to make that statement and say, this is what I'm about, when God looks into the hearts and the lives of people and He's choosing leadership for His church, what characteristics are you think He's going to look for? Perhaps a servant's heart? Now let me just say two statements very quickly. That is seen, two things that are seen in the life of every servant. First, humility. If you want to know if a person has a true servant's heart, watch what happens when they are called on to serve. Do they bristle? How do they act when treated like a servant? David understood who God was, and he understood who he was, and he understood he was not God. That he had been called to be a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, or actually a servant of the Lord God. David was a humble servant. Number two, faithfulness. Faithfulness. You'll find that quality in the life of every true servant. David was, uh, was faithful in the small things. Do you know where David was when Samuel showed up at Jesse's house? You do realize, you remember that story, right? Samuel has gone through all of the sons of, of Jesse. And what does God say about each one of them? He rejects every single one of the sons of Jesse. Samuel looks up and he says, Are there any other sons? He says, Oh yeah, we forgot about there's this other one. He's the youngest in the family, but he's out tending the sheep out in the field. Samuel says, Go get him and bring him here. And you know what happens when he shows up? God says to Samuel, This is the one I have chosen. David was faithful to fulfill the task that had been given to him. Because that task had been assigned to him, David thought it faithful enough to fulfill the duties that his father had given him. Servants are faithful to the task that God has given them. For the servant... It is not about having their name recognized in front of the church. It's not about seeing their name up in lights. It's not about any of that for them. For the servant, it is all about glorifying the Lord, and it's all about recognizing Him. If you find a person that desires to be a leader, and they're more concerned about themselves than they are about honoring and glorifying the Lord, don't select that person as a leader in God's church. Don't. David served faithfully and quietly. And God took him from the sheep pasture to the king's palace. Number three, God saw in David 
integrity. Integrity. I want you to listen to what the psalmist wrote in the 78th Psalm, verses 71 through 72. Listen to what he says here. From following the nursing ewes, God brought David to shepherd Jacob, his people, Israel, his inheritance. With upright heart, David shepherded them and guided them with his skillful hand. Now, this is what I want you to do. If, you, if you're looking in your Bible this morning, if you don't, it would be hard to do it on your phone. But if you're looking in your Bible like I am, I want you to underline those two words, that phrase, upright heart. Circle it, put doodle, whatever it is that you do to remind yourself of something important in God's Word. Because I will tell you, that statement is significant in God's Word. Actually, upright heart means integrity. Integrity is significant in leadership. Integrity has, integrity has rightly been defined as who you are when no one else is looking. Let me ask you a question this morning. When no one else is looking at you, who are you? Who are you? I will tell you one thing. There is one who is always looking. And there is nothing that escapes his attention. He sees everything about us. When I was growing up in Burtville, Texas, when we would speak about a person of integrity, this is what we would say. They are bone-deep honest. They are honest 24 hours a day. That was David. David was a man of integrity. Did David, David fail God? Yes, he failed God on more than one occasion. But overall, when you look at the bent of David's life, he was a man of integrity. That's who he was. Who are you when no one else is looking except God? Because you see, God is always looking. When we look for godly leaders, we need to look for men who have developed and cultivated godly disciplines from years of walking with Him. We need to ask ourselves the challenging question, does this man desire and hunger for God's Word? If this person does not desire and hunger for God's Word, they have no business leading God's church. How can they know God's will if they don't understand God's Word? God speaks through His Word to us. We discover God's will through His Word. That is so key. Does he value both personal and corporate worship in his life? One of the things that the, uh, uh, the pastoral staff and I have done is we have a list of core values. One of our core values is this. We lead by example. Your leadership is only as good as the example that you set. When you choose deacons in God's church, they must be men who lead by example. How can a man lead by example if he's never involved in a worship service corporately? How can he even discern God's will, the movement in the direction of the Holy Spirit, if he's never with God's people? Isn't that so true? Yes. Does he have a passion for the gospel? Is he pursuing purity in his life? These are just a few of the questions that we need to ask. But when God saw David, he saw a man of integrity. When God went searching for a leader, He searched for a man after His own heart. A man of spirituality. 
A man who was a servant. A man of integrity. When God looks for men to lead His church, He looks for men after His own heart. But I would say something to you this morning. This message is much deeper, goes much farther and much broader than just being applied to leadership in God's church. I think the question we must all ask ourselves this morning is this. Am I a person after God's own heart? Do I long for the things of God? Is that what directs my life or do I long for the things of the world? Am I a servant? When treated like a servant, how do I react and how do I respond? Am I a person of integrity? When no one else is looking, will I choose to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do? If God were going to look into your life this morning, what would He see? Let's pray this morning. Father God, we thank You for Your love and the way You've spoken to our hearts today. Father, as we enter into this time of invitation, Lord, I just pray that You would have Your way, Your will in our lives. Lord, there's no doubt in my mind and my heart that You have clearly spoken from Your Word this morning. And so, Lord, I pray that we would not simply be hearers of Your Word, but we would be doers of Your Word. That You would guide us and direct us this morning during our time of invitation. People would respond in a manner that brings honor and glory to Your name. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.